The Rich Eisen Show. Put it all together. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Kyrie Irving decides, you know what? I don't think I'm going to get that money elsewhere. I'll, I'll, I'll just go back. Durant says, you know what? I'm out. Oh, you know what? I'll I'll just go back. Earlier on the show, Falcons head coach Arthur Smith, 15-time hot dog eating contest champion Joey Chestnut, four-time Oscar nominee, author and director Michael Mann. Coming up, Patriots safety Devin McCourty, senior NBA insider for The Athletic, Sham Sharania. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Can confirm, sources say. And here I am on YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show and Odyssey and this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate that is carrying this show. And we greatly appreciate it coast to coast. We say hello to our podcast listeners. And we are just, again, reminding everyone that this show will start airing on the Roku channel for free on Roku devices, on Fire TV, on Samsung Smart TVs, on mobile devices, and also the RokuChannel.com. The Roku channel is free, and we are starting streaming there this very September, still from 12 to 3 Eastern, still the same top-notch caliber information and entertainment that we provide every single day, like Joey Chestnut, the champion uh, hot dog (laughs) eater, saying he will, in fact, use a hot dog as a straw to drink a beer tonight at Wrigley Field. (laughs) That happened one hour ago on the show at this very time. So on behalf of everyone on planet Earth, you're welcome. Um, that'll be happening. Um, Devin McCourty of the Patriots will join us. We just hung up with the director, Michael Mann, whose book, He Too, is number one on the novel bestseller list for the New York Times. And he told some great stories from the set of Heat. If you missed any of that, YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show is your source for all of that. Our first story that we talked about yesterday was the news that uh, we learned because we follow Sham Sharania, the uh, athletic and uh, stadium NBA insider on Twitter. He mentioned that the Nets had all gotten together, the owner of the Nets and his wife and Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman and Sean Marks and Steve Nash, the last two being the general manager and the coach that supposedly Kevin Durant refused to play for or have still on the team if he was going to rescind his trade demand and stay. And they're still there, and so is Durant. So on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line to explain this all is none other than Sham Sharania. How are you, sir? Rich, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. So what happened, man? How how did this genie get put back in the bottle? I, I think a lot of it, Rich, was just the realization from Kevin Durant and the Nets, really, that there was not going to be a trade at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that was going to happen. And so at that point, Kevin Durant was going to be faced with a decision coming up because training camp is just a month away and if there's no deal Kevin Durant's going to be faced with the decision do I show up in a disgruntled state of mind kind of pull a Jimmy Butler James Harden that we've seen over the last two three years or is it going to be one of those things where you have a holdout situation you know the likes of Ben Simmons just a year ago and I don't think Kevin Kevin this saga has already gotten ugly as as it is I mean it's already gotten personal in terms of the trade request itself was personal and then the ultimatum that was given to Joe Sy a, a few weeks ago was personal. And just going down that path, clearly it just wasn't going to be something that either side wanted to stomach. And so it was really just a realization and the eye-opening experience that a deal wasn't going to happen. The best offer I'm told that the Nets had on the table was from the Celtics, Jalen Brown, 
Derek White in a first-round pick. And the, the price tag that the Nets had put forth on Kevin Durant, and you, know, you, you could say that they might have been even asking for something that they know was never going to be attainable anyway, right? But at the end of the day, when you have a guy that's a 12-time All-Star, two-time Finals MVP, going to go down in the Hall of Fame, one of the top 15, you know, 12, 20 best players ever, you, you have a high asking price. And that price was never going to be met. And I think both sides understood that this is the best opportunity to win a championship. And, Rich, I thought once the season ended – once the Nets were swept on April 23rd, that's when this meeting should have taken place because mm-hmm. there were a lot of you know grievances, there were a lot of feelings on both ends that needed to be aired out, and you know better late than never. Uh, you know, but this should have been done months ago. It finally happens now, and um, I, I think they they both sides came to the realization that we need each other, and and, and at this point. It's, there's going to be pressure when you go into this next season, but they needed to move past this because the deal just was not going to happen. So uh, the other date in question, Shams, is June 30th. That's the date that uh, the trade demand by Durant became public, and it was just a couple of days after Kyrie opted back in, and so many people started drawing a, a connected line between those two dots and then we learn that uh, he that Durant wants the general manager and coach out as a condition of his staying and rescinding his trade demand. So you used the word disgruntled moments ago. What exactly was Durant or is he still disgruntled about? I think just when you look at how this summer has played out, they were swept in in the in the. Um, you know, in the playoffs in, the, in round one, that series did not end. That season did not end how everyone expected. And I, I think a level of accountability we saw, you know, Sean Marks, the press conference that he had in mid-May, and, and a lot of the, the tone of the press conference was about accountability, about, um, you know, resetting the culture, about how the culture might have, you know, worsened or, or might not be what it was a few years ago. Well, the only thing that really changed in the last few years was the arrival of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So I, I, I don't know how those two guys took it, but that, you know, was something that did occur. Um, and then I, I think you have to look at the Kyrie Irving, uh, you know, extension negotiations. And the fact that both sides were not able to get a deal done, Kevin Durant has, um, you know, vocally supported, privately supported Kyrie Irving over the last six to eight months while, I think a, a lot of, of people have come down on Kyrie Irving. And so I, I think you cobble those two things, you know, in this situation. Adam Harrington, uh, an assistant on the Nets staff, who was very close with Kevin Durant, a guy that's known throughout the league as, as a Durant confidant, um, he was fired at the end of the season. Um, and so you, you take all those things into account and just a lack of communication that existed between both sides. And, again, that's – something on both sides, right? That's something on, on the player side. That's something on the team side. Because at the end of the day, the only way you're going to get resolutions, the only way you're going to get past moments in life that are tough is through conversation and through a real relationship and through an open forum. And, and it took these guys, Rich, two months uh, to get in, a, in the same room in a meeting together. Well, actually, actually more than that. It's May, June, July, August. Four months to get in the same room um, and two months since the trade request. So that tells you everything you need to know about where this gulf existed. Sham Sharania here on the Rich Eisen Show, the Athletic and Stadium Senior NBA Insider. Look, I mean, I'm sure you've been involved in negotiations in your career, doing what you do. I have as well. Uh, anytime you agree to something based on the fact that management doesn't give you what you want and presents the reality as a fait accompli, um, it doesn't really... 
sit, sit in well with the person who accepts the fait accompli, and that's Durant. The fait accompli is that we're, the, we're not getting the value that we place on you. You should take that as a compliment, although that prevents you from getting the exit visa you want. And you don't want to hold out. We don't want you to hold out. So let's just, you know, let's just go back together again and let bygones be bygones. Is that really the way it's going to be? Is that the way they're entering the season with this still bubbling beneath the surface? Or was this conversation in Los Angeles airing things out and they really have come to an agreement and it's all hunky-dory? What do you got for me? Rich, I, 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 I think it's a little bit of both. And, it, and it's, it, that's why these things are complex. It's not just a black and white situation. Right. I think this is very, very complex. It could be both things. Now, in a perfect world, you know, in a perfect life, I think Kevin Durant clearly would have loved to get traded. And I think the Nets, in a perfect world, um, you know, they, they wouldn't have had the restrictions of the rookie-designated extension rule that didn't allow them to get a guy like Bam Adebayo or Donovan Mitchell on the roster because they had Ben Simmons on the team. And in a perfect world, the Nets would have gotten teams gutting their roster and giving every last asset like Joe Sy and, and Sean Marks had wanted in any type of a Kevin Durant trade. Um, so that's in a perfect world. But we, as, as we know, Rich, the world and life just isn't perfect, especially for a guy like Kevin Durant. He's got four years left on his deal. So a trade like this, if, if this was going to go down during training camp, before training camp, during the season, it was going to get uglier than what it already was. And that might be tough for the listeners to believe and tough for people to believe, but that's just business. And in the NBA, if, if a guy wants to trade, it's going to get ugly. If a guy on a four-year deal wants to trade, we saw what happened with Ben Simmons. We saw the saga that took place. And I think both sides at the end of the day, Kevin Durant, you know, 33, going on 34, the legacy at the end of the day that he's built, the, the stature that he's built in this league, um, he's going to go down as a top 10 to 20 player of all time. Do you want to put yourself in a position where you're holding out of games? And clearly he did not want to go down that route. And clearly the Nets didn't want him to go down that route. Right. So. I, and, and on the same token, I do think this opportunity, from everything I've been told, they left that meeting energized and ready for next season. I don't think this meeting was Kevin Durant left and he's like, man, I still want to get traded. Like, what the hell? I, I, I don't think that's the tenor. Uh, I know that's not how the tenor of the, that conversation ended. Best you can tell, are he and Kyrie cool? Because, like, again, he, he Kyrie returns – and and Durant is he he and Rich Kleiman are very astute. He had a no, like I'm going to ask for a trade, and I know that they're you know they, they in this day and age, those people like Durant are accommodated because they're Durant. But they had to know that they could end like this as well. So why would he opt out after Kyrie opts in? Why would that happen? Yeah, I, I think I think you know a couple of things. One, I think yeah, I mean Kyrie uh, Irving and Kevin Durant, um, they they've continued their relationship. You know, the one guy since the NBA season, since the Nets season ended mm-hmm. on April twenty third, the one guy with the Nets that Kevin Durant had remained in communication with, from everything I've been told, was Kyrie Irving. That was the one guy that he was communicating with on a regular basis. There, you know, but their friendship, that relationship goes beyond just basketball. I think it's more of a life. Uh, friendship that that those two have, and I think there was a decision made, uh, you know, throughout this the last four four and a half months that listen, Kyrie Irving had a player option at the end of the day. He had to do what's best for him. Kevin Durant was entering the first year of a four year extension. He had to do what's best for him. I don't think either of those 
situations had, you know, I think those were pretty spelled out. Like mm-hmm. we're going to do what's best for ourselves and each other, um, you know, versus like, let's figure out like how we can, cause they've already teamed together once in 2019. That's how they got to the net. I think now this is a different situation. Um, and as far as Kyrie Irving, the moment he opted in, I think his mindset just was, how can I make the most of being on the nets with or without Kevin Durant? I think his mindset was focused on being a net. And I think over the last several weeks, you know, ever since Summer League and, and the opt-in, I think the Nets and Kyrie Irving, from everything I've been told, have had positive, constructive dialogue. And I think that being a, a backdrop of all of this, I think, you know, at least the Nets have had the stability of Kyrie Irving being comfortable being back in, in any circumstance. Um, so I, I don't think that Lakers scenario was, was really ever on the table um, in a real way once Kyrie Irving opted in. Shram Sharani here on the Rich Eisen Show. So where does Simmons fit in all of this? Is it true um, that Simmons left a text chain that involved a Nets player, a group of Nets players during the playoffs? <laughs> they asked him to come back for game four, and he left the chat room. That's a, a hot story and rumor. Is that true? Did that happen, best you can tell? That- that uh that that did not happen rich uh 100 did not happen um as far as ben simmons's future and how he plays in all this i think he plays a very big role in all this i mean at the end of the day he is part of this big three he is there's going to be a lot of hope and a lot of expectations on ben simmons this season he did not play last season um there there was hope there was expectation he was going to play in game four in that first round series he did not play and so there's a lot for him to prove next season. And from everything I've been told, he has looked apart this summer. He had back surgery in May to uh, fix an issue that's gone on for the last few, few years. And he's made a great recovery from what, I'm, from what I'm told. And he's already been cleared for full three-on-three. In the coming weeks, he's going to be cleared for full five-on-five. And the expectation, and he's on track to be fully cleared for the start of training camp in, in late September. And so... He fits a very big picture in all this. I, you know, when, when the Nets made that trade last year, traded away James Harden, Ben Simmons was thought of to be a perfect fit on that team. He's able to defend, he's able to pass, he's able to rebound, ball handled. He's able to do everything that alleviates the pressure from Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And, and only time will tell. You know, we can all, you know, I can speak on the information that I have, but at the end of the day, the only thing that will dictate how Ben Simmons you know, the trajectory of his career is going to be when he steps foot on the uh, on the floor, and that's going to be coming up here in preseason. So just two more questions for you on this, Shams. So couldn't help but notice in the press statement or the, the release that came out to confirm from the team what you were reporting, that everyone met in Los Angeles and that they're going to continue on. And the word partnership was used. And also couldn't help but notice that Durant and Kleiman's brand the boardroom had its logo next to the nets logo and the word partnership was used is am i can we connect these dots again and see that the may, maybe part of this conversation was the the nets were gonna i don't know do something with durant's company or or production company in conjunction why, why use the word partnership and why put his logo on this Yeah, I I don't know about the logo aspect. As far as the partnership, I think that that verbiage is is important because I I do think the last three years, the relationship between Kevin Durant, Joe Sy, Sean Marks, that has been a partnership, right? Like if you're making moves for your organization, you know, as Sean Marks and Joe Sy have been over the last three years, ever since they got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you 
want to involve your star players. You know, different organizations do that. When you look at the Lakers, the Clippers, um, you know, the Nets, uh, teams like that. Um, I I think that just comes with his stature, and I think it has been a partnership. Now, when did that partnership kind of start to crumble a little bit? Clearly, the last uh, three, four months is, is when that partnership crumbled, you know, when the trade request was made and the ultimatum was made. But now the fact that that verbiage was used again, that I, I think, again, re- reemphasizes that I, I, I do from everything I, I, I'm, I'm told, what I believe, is that those sides left that meeting with, with the, you know, renewed energy, a renewed hope of, like, let's finish what we started and let's see how next season goes. And I, I do think that was genuine. And okay. And that all that said, um, the general sense that I have uh, feel and sense, and I think others will, is in the crucible of a playing season, losing streaks will happen or a timeout will occur that Durant might not agree with or Kyrie might not agree with. There's always disagreements, um, but usually teams can overcome that unless there was something beneath the surface uh, a year prior that required an offseason like this and a meeting like the one that happened in Los Angeles to kind of put back in the bottle is this uh, how fragile will this be because I think everyone will look at Brooklyn Nets games this year to see body language to see press conferences how they're conducted that um, that trade deadlines might might force action as well what do you think about that Shams I I, I I do believe there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Nets this season there's gonna be a lot of pressure on the players from Kevin Durant um, after the situation on Kyrie Irving entering the last service deal Ben Simmons from last season, what happened there. Joe Harris coming back from injury. Uh, pressure on Sean Marks, on Steve Nash, on the entire organization. I think from top to bottom, I think that meeting was important because everyone has to be better. So there's no doubt, you know, whatever you know, word you want to use, whether it's, you know, there's going to be a very thin line to this season, no question. When that adversity hits, when you lose games, you know, how will those star players, those stakeholders take it? That's going to be very important. But those habits are going to be built in training camp. And we're going to know, you know, as training camp goes and as that's going along, what the tenor of, of those relationships within those fine lines is going to be. But there's no question. There's going to be pressure on this entire organization, uh, really the moment media day tips off on September 26th. Okay, and last one for you, Omnibus. What's the latest steps for the Lakers? Russell Westbrook, his future, what, now that uh, LeBron has signed an extension. What do you think? Um, you know, I, I would expect the Lakers to continue to look at the marketplace to make their team better. And, you know, I, I don't think there's a concerted effort to moving Russell Westbrook. I think the concerted effort is can we make a, a deal with certain players on the roster with picks that we have to improve this team? And if there's not going to be a deal out there, then I, I think this team is pretty comfortable standing pat um, and running it back with Darvin Ham, you know, newly at the helm. But I, I think. You know, I would keep a close eye on guys like Patrick Beverly, Boyan Bogdanovich. Um, you know, those are the guys that are still on the marketplace right now that could be available. I didn't know Beverly was available uh, until, you know, um, he blamed it all on Durant that he's still available. I saw that today. That was great. Did you see that one, Shams? Did you see that one? <laughs> I, I, I did. I, I think Utah has, you know, a, a bevy of guys. You know, we look at Donovan Mitchell. Those talks with the Knicks are continuing. Other teams around the league are talking to the Jazz about – about Donovan Mitchell, um, but I think those the, the bets aside from Mitchell. When you look at Beverly Bogdanovich, 
Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, I, I, Malik Beasley, I think all those guys, you know, at, at a certain price tag are, are available. Shams, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. Uh, I always love picking your brain. Thanks for the time. Look for more of my calls, please. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Rich. Have a good one. The one and only Shams Sharani. I follow him on Twitter. You should as well. Let's take a break. We'll come back. And Devin McCourty of the New England Patriots has just called in. We'll take his call in just a few moments. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Joining us here, uh, a longtime veteran in this league and, of course, of the New England Patriots, Devin McCourty back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Devin? I'm good, man. How are you doing, Rich? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm going to jump right into it right here. Who gets the Cirque du Soleil tickets? You or Belichick? Who gets that for you guys? Uh, d- definitely not me. <laughs> so Bill's on it? Bill's on it for you guys? The Bill? Blue Man Group? He's all on it for you? I, def- I definitely see him doing that for us. Don't you that think? sounds like a good day for tomorrow. Don't you think? Yeah, you should ask him. Have we seen the Blue Man Group tonight, Bill? Is that what we're going to do? I mean, we're... We're in Vegas. Why not? Why not? Although everything that happens there stays there. So I appreciate you trying to keep that under, keep that under wraps. Um, so walk me through what's going on in your world and how, uh, and how different things might be uh, in this training camp based on other previous ones in the, the ever-changing world of the New England Patriots, Devin. Anything? Yeah, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, man, it's, it's back and forth. It's going back and forth. I mean, obviously, last week, practicing against Carolina was different. Um, and I think just being out here in Vegas, we obviously opened uh, week one in Miami, so that heat and the weather. So being out here the last three days, you know, we practiced by ourselves uh, on Monday. So being out here and then practicing against uh, this quality team, I think has been a lot of good work for us. Uh, some back and forth, they're a talented group. So I know just speaking from a defensive side, we got a lot of good work 
uh, seeing against you know seeing against guys like Devontae Adams, guys we don't see all the time, and Renthrop and those different guys. I think we got uh, some really good looks out here. So yeah, and Waller as well. I'm sure he presents a challenge in a practice in a scrimmage. He, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, he, he he hasn't he hasn't been out here this week, so we haven't gotten to see him. Okay. He's probably yeah. He's they're ready to unpack him at some point, I imagine. So okay. Um, so uh, what's going on uh, in the world of the offense on that side of the ball, Devin? There's so much concern about the way the offense is being run and who's coordinating and who's calling the plays. What insight can you give us on how the offense looks right now for New England, uh, Devin? It's a work in progress, man. I think a lot of those guys have been talking about that and. And speaking about it, and I think that's what it is, man. I know for me, uh, it's my 13th year. I've never worried about the offense. I just, I've always felt like my concern needs to be what I do for this team that's playing defense and being a leader on the defensive side. And I think everything comes along when it comes along. I've been in camps before where offensively it felt like we were behind and then the season hit and you can see the game planning and everything get rolling. So I know there's a lot of questions from the outside. Um, I think, but, you know, inside us as a team, guys have just been kind of trucking along, figuring things out, and, you know, there's some real good moments out here on the practice field. And it's fun in these joint practices getting a chance to just cheer the offense on, having fun, and, you know, I think we got to do a little bit of that the last two days. Weird seeing Patricia uh, huddle up with the offense to you? Is it weird seeing him doing that? Uh, I would say at first, but I think coming off of last year, he did so many different things. He helped out with the offense. He helped out with the defense. So he was just all over the place, and I think now he's still, you know, figuring out and doing multiple roles for the team. And uh, right now, that's been more offense, and you know, I think it's been good for us. So he's doing more than just calling the plays, is what you're saying? I have, Rich. I'm telling you the truth. I have no idea what they do on offense. I love it. Okay, I appreciate that honesty right there, Devin McCourty, here on the Rich Eisen Show. He just mentioned year 13 for 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 this. Terrific professional football player. And we're back here on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Outfit talking with Devin McCourty calling in from Las Vegas, Nevada, where the Patriots are are going through a scrimmage right now. How is different? I know you just mentioned how, you know, you don't really know what's going on on the offensive side of the ball because you're, you're, you're focused on your side. Do you notice a difference, though, in Mac Jones at all, the way he carries himself, the way that he's walking around the team, the way that he huddles up, anything like that? Do you notice a difference? Oh, no no doubt about it. I think he's just been way more of himself this year, I think. You know, when you come into anything and you're a rookie, I think everything's on, you know, how do I learn? I need to learn to do this. I need to learn everything possible. And I feel like this year he's kind of let some of that go. He's obviously still learning, but he's being himself. He's leading. He's doing the things that I think he did at Alabama that he did in high school. Um, and that's the things I've been encouraging him. Like, don't try to be uh, a type of leader that you think you should be. Just be yourself, man. It's been a lot of fun, obviously, as an older guy to watch him grow in just a year and do different things. Um, it's helped us out a lot offensively, and I would say overall, even as a team. Yeah, he just seems to be more in command or at least more comfortable, obviously, being a rookie in the league. It couldn't be helpful as well as he's trying to find his way in his place that Brady returned, right? I mean, that, that had to be something different for him to deal with. And then, you know, the way that the season did – uh, end as despite the the terrific stretch in the middle, uh, it was a learning curve, and I'm just wondering if you think he comes in more confident this year. Yeah, I mean this this is probably one of the hardest places to be at. You're playing for a franchise that's won you know multiple Super Bowls. You come behind Tom Brady. It's just I think everything 
was stacked up there. And I think last year he came in and did a great job of just going to work. You know, he spent so much time in the facility uh, working with different guys, figuring things out. Um, and I think that was a good foundation for him. And I think this year it's like, all right, I've done that. Now let me try to advance and move to the next level and ignore all other things and just try to be the best version uh, of myself. And I think the group that we have player-wise on offense, encouraging them, upbeat guys, they love to have fun. Um, I think that's made it a lot easier for him to come out and just kind of sling it and, and have fun and play football. And then the defensive side of the ball, the do-your-job aspect of, uh, of that, um, how is it coming together? Obviously, J.C. Jackson's not with the team anymore. Your, your uh, two cents on how things are looking on that side of the ball that clearly you're part of, Devin. Yeah, I think we, we've had some really good moments. I think uh, we have a, a lot of good players up front. I think that's probably the strength right now. Uh, when I look at guys like Barmar and Judon and Gotchow and Bentley, those guys have been so aggressive. We saw here over the last two days um, getting after the passer and making plays. And I think in the secondary, um, we have a lot of familiarity right now, you know, with guys doing multiple things like Jonathan Jones and Miles Bryan and then our safety group returning uh, the three guys that played a lot last year, myself, AP, and Doug. Um, we've just been putting it together. And I think we've kind of challenged ourselves to kind of take it up a notch each time we step on the field. And um, I think that's been the battle. And, you know, obviously, like I said, we've had some really good moments. Um, and we'll figure things out as we get into game planning and doing more things like that as the season comes. Um, but I'm excited with some of the things we can do as a defense and grow from there. Um, but I think having some of the older guys, the guys that have played uh, in this defense for a while, will help us, especially early in the season. We had the former head of NFL refs, Mike Pereira, who now works as a rules analyst on Fox, talking to us the other day, Devin McCourty, about the, the league's emphasis on the illegal contact rule and how there were so few penalties in that regard last year. The competition committee has instructed the officials to put more of an emphasis on it to see those numbers go up. Have you noticed that? And if so, what has Belichick already counseled you guys knowing that is coming? Well, we always talk about do business as business being done. So you got to kind of gauge how to call it. But I hate it. I hate why, why do we need more illegal contact? You know, it's, we, we can we can barely touch the receivers and stuff already. So to think that they're going to, you know, that they're going out there and calling more. We met with the rest and they told us the same thing of how they're going to be trying to see that more and call it more. So uh, another challenge for defensive players and particularly in the secondary of how we can get the offense to score more points. So when the officials came to camp and told you that, did you push back? I mean, you're a 13-year vet. I, I didn't. I, I've learned. I've had... Again, now 13 times when we met with officials, and it's usually a back and forth. And each Sunday, I would say it's a little different. And you got to figure it out through that first quarter. How's the game being called? Not just for you, paying attention a little bit when our offense is on the field. How are they calling it? What calls are they calling? Is DPI going to be called close? Holding, legal contact, like all that stuff you watch. And then you kind of go as the game's being called. And I would say the good referees in this league, you know, they call it consistent, however it goes. They kind of call it like that, and I think you got to gauge off that and play from there. I mean, you're a safety. you you got guys much bigger than you sometimes coming at you off the line. You know, I mean, and, and Chris, sometimes you got to grab, you got to grab and tug a little bit. You got to get good at it. That's what I'll say. That's what Darrell Reeves taught me. He's <laughs> like, it's not that you don't hold. You got to get good at holding. <laughs> <laughs> what a line! It's not that you don't hold. You got to get good at holding. That's what he said to you, huh? Wow. That's what, that's what it's about. You gotta you gotta learn the tricks of the trade. Mm. 
Devin McCourty here on the Rich Eisen Show. So, Devin, I don't want to start anything, but I'll do it. I know. How about that as a, as a wind-up for my pitch here? Um, I, oh, man. No, no, no. Your brother is now part of the paparazzi, <laughs> part of my world at the NFL Network now on Good Morning Football. And I noticed uh, he tapped out of your Twitter account and created his own. Um, you cool with that, Devin? Yeah, I told him. Like, I, Rich, I would finish practice, and I would go check Twitter. And there would be like twenty mentions about uh, about his show, and I'm just like I haven't watched any of Good Morning Football. I don't know what he said. Yeah. And people are blowing us up about some take he had on this team's not going to be a contender. I was like, bro, you got to get your own Twitter. Like I, I can't deal with this every day. And I'm still getting tweets about what he says. And I just try to direct the people to his own personal account. Because I'm sure he's saying a lot of nonsense on there every morning. <laughs> Let's say. So, again, I don't want to start anything, but you kind of opened the door there. So you're saying Jason's bad takes are clogging up your Twitter timeline. Is that what you're saying, Devin? His bad takes are clogging up your Twitter timeline, your mentions? You don't need no, that? No doubt about it. But I did tell him, man, be aggressive with your take. And uh, whatever you feel, say it. Don't try to play the fit. Okay. And uh, let's just say on your bye week, uh, Jason wants a week off. Will you sneak in there and uh, purport to be him and try and trick everybody and spend a week and get off your chest what Belichick won't let you get off your chest and let your brother own it? Can you do that, Devin? I'm, what do you I'm, think? I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for that, Rich, but we got to kind of keep that low. Huh. I, I can't get fired, you know, at the mm. bye week. That won't go well for me. You're just My there. wife will be angry if I'm stuck at home. I stood. Understood. I got it. I, I guess I should have asked you that offline instead of putting that out <laughs> in front of the people just like that. But y- your brother's doing a great job, though. He sure is. He's a natural at it. Appreciate that. He's a natural I'll at tell it. tell him. He is. No, I told him, too, when he came on, and we'll have him on again. And I just think that's not a that's, that's not an easy uh, gig. That show is, you know, yeah. freewheeling. There's not a lot of prompter. You got to say stuff off the top of your head. You got to react, and he's—I think he's doing a really great job so far. Really do. Yeah, he likes to talk. Ah, uh, okay, very good. <laughs> All right, is—is is, and last one for you, Devin. Uh, we've noticed in our uh, review of Bill Belichick's press conferences that he's been smiling a little bit more and uh, throwing out compliments more than usual. Has he mellowed? Do you think? Bill? He, he's a happy guy, man. Uh, I don't know. That's. I think you could probably get that out of him. I don't know <laughs> how many people can, but Rick, I think you would be able to figure out what, what's got him so happy. I don't know. Life? I don't know. Just Maybe, like, man. And football. And grandchildren, man. Grandchildren do that. That's right. Because you can hand them off once you're done with them. Once you're done with them, you go, give them back to the parent. Grandparents, that's yeah, the best exactly. part about it. Oh, man. Devin, thanks for the time. Greatly appreciate the time uh, calling in from Vegas. And um, let's, let's chat during the season. Always appreciate our conversation. Okay. Good talking to you, Rich. Take care. That's Devin McCourty right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't worry about the offense, Chris. That's what he's. That's the message. Is he off the phone? Yeah. Uh, he is. With all due respect, Devin, I'm very worried. I'm very worried. See the reports that they had their worst offensive practice of Rich, the summer. I'm reading all the tweets. I can't get enough. It's just like you know. What I mean, I'm not happy unless I'm unhappy. Well, I'm very unhappy, which means I'm happy. But I'm reading all the tweets. And it's driving me insane. How much? What, how many more days until the season starts? Well, uh, September 11th is when the Patriots visit Miami. Today is the 24th, is it? Yes, yeah, so I yep. think we're like 14. There's still time to get two rid weeks. of these. There's still time to get two rid of these Two plus weeks. Guys there you go. And get someone who knows what they're doing. That, that won't happen. <laughs> and Mac, you trust, bro. Here we yeah, go. Mac, I trust. All right. Not in, not in Patricia I trust and Judge I trust. Oh, man.
What if? Can no we put the Patriots schedule up? Let's put the Patriots schedule up, please. There it is. Two did on the road I, did I to do start. This already? I Two like on the road. You have already. not. You want to do it? Yeah, you did. You picked them to win like twelve games. I don't have it like, written down. No, no, a ten on a and, I think I did ten and seven. Wait a minute. I feel like oh. I did this already. Uh, hold on a minute. Let me get. I. I you went thousand percent. Let me write this down. But I feel no, like I did. He has not done it. I would have. I write these down. On my book, and we really? have not done it. He has not done it. Maybe he did it with you guys. Maybe he did it. Maybe did, did you, you do hit, it? Did you do it while I was you buying here, my rakish hat? <laughs> you didn't do it. You didn't do it in July. You can't do it in July. No, Why? No, you no, made no, me no, do no, the no, Cowboys no. in July, so um, I couldn't have done it. Well, it's because you were talking I, some, talking some game. I didn't. I rarely. I barely. You had him eleven and six. You had them eleven and six, and I had the the uh, Eagles at twelve and five. Oh right! Uh, and a fan of the show, I didn't write who, whose name down. Had the Giants go nine and eight. All right, well let's do it. Can you give me, please? Yes, sir. NFL Films music. Oh baby. Chris Brockman, after just hearing from Devin McCourty, say, "Don't worry, the offense will be okay." Mac Jones is much more confident. He believes in him. Everybody, chill out. Patricia's always done more than Dude just trust. defense. He's done offense before. Trust uh, and so after hearing all yeah, that from Devin McCourty, Chris Brockman still is all wound up about how bad the offense reportedly looks. They had a good day today, apparently. Perfect timing then, Chris. Let's go! Huh. <laughs> I need the music. Patriots schedule is up. Chris Brockman, week one at Miami. Loss. Week two, the, uh, the first team to visit Acrisure Stadium. Bounce back win. Win. Uh, home for the Ravens. Loss. At the Green Bay Packers. Loss. Oh, you'll be losing your mind if they start one and three. It's going to happen. Uh, the Detroit Lions at right. home. By the way, here comes the bounce back stretch. Win. At the Browns. Win. Home for the Bears Monday night. Win. At the Jets. Win. Home for the Colts. Colts are good. Good defense. Loss. They're five and four going into the bye week. We'll take it. All right. That's, that's a win. Home for the Jets. Win. At the Vikings on Thanksgiving night on NBC. I think the Vikings are going to be pretty good this year. Loss. I told you Kevin O'Connell is going to unlock Kirk Cousins' inner prime time ability. They're going to score a lot of points. Uh, then the next week, home for the Bills on a Thursday night. Full compliment rest because both teams play on Thanksgiving the week before. We're just going to get pounded by the Bills this year. Loss. At the Arizona Cardinals on a Monday night. Kyler's probably hurt by then, right? Win. Uh, at the Las Vegas Raiders, you'll probably be staying out uh, west, and uh, that's a that's an NBC Sunday nighter. Ooh, at the Raiders. Raiders are good. Loss. Home for the Cincinnati Bengals and one Joseph Burrow coming to town. Bengals taking a step back. Really, that's a big win right there. Home for the Dolphins. Win. At the Bills. What is the record right now? Uh, you have them at total. I'm at 6-4, 6-5, 6-6, 7-7, 8-9-7. Ooh, this is to get into the playoffs. Bills are resting, guys. Win. 10-7. and 10-7. Chris Brockman has Is that good enough the for the 7 seed, you think, in the AFC? Uh, it's possible. It depends on how deep the pool is truly in the AFC West. Or if you... Were they what's more likely the other day, or was it an overreaction saying three teams get out of the AFC North? That was an overreaction, but yeah. If three teams get in from one division, that means there's only one spot available, and the Colts might get it, yeah. and then somebody from the AFC North might get it. You might ten and seven might not ten and might seven not be might good not make it. But ten wins would be successful this year, given the turnover on the coaching staff. There you go. Trying to be realistic. Well, you had them losing 
uh, at Minnesota on a Thanksgiving night. I don't know. I think there's all sorts of Belichick ugliness that Cousins might have to. I think it's going to be pretty up and down year. They got that nice stretch before the bye week to kind of get right, and then we'll see what happens. You think the Ravens coming and beat you? Ravens are going to be good. Ravens are going to be good. At the Dolphins. Boy, if the Dolphins start out 1-0 and and two is finding Tyreek Hill and the Patriots just look terrible on offense. And the Same Dolphins thing happened look... last year. Remember, Dolphins came into New England and won week one because uh, Damian Harris fumbled. That's right. Game. So, you know, same thing happened. 10-7. and seven. Okay. I, I think that's realistic. Yeah, not, Optimistic. I can't do the Jets realistic. one yet. I'm not doing the Jets one yet until I, I find out what's going on in Marina Del Rey with the knee of one BYU Cougar. Yeah, I would say don't count on September. <sighs> Freaking Jets, man. Let's <laughs> go the Jets. I literally just muttered the words "friggin' Jets into a microphone you that did. goes beams around the world on YouTube and nationally. You did? On radio. But you, you kept it real, and I think people appreciate that. Now, is that right? I think so. Good to know. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a break. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, Let's unpack what Shams had to say a little bit about the Nets. Also, more Shams breaking news. Uh, Oh, he he hung up and broke news? Yeah. Shams is not for play, Rich. Okay, Okay. uh, we'll we'll get to that. A Shams bomb when we come back. Boom. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Chromesoft X, Chromesoft XLS, that's for the players that might be a little bit more advanced than folks like myself or TJ. See, I'm lumping myself in with you. Chromesoft, the regular Chromesoft, that's what I use for, for a wider range of golfer who wants more distance, better feel, incredible forgiveness. The bottom line is all three uh, of the Chromesoft golf balls that are offered by Callaway, enhanced with precision technology that uses design techniques and manufacturing specifications up to one one thousandth of an inch. This ensures they're the highest quality, most consistent, fastest golf balls possible. When you add it all up, it's pretty simple. Chromesoft's better for the best and better for everyone. Find out which Chromesoft is right for you at CallawayGolf.com slash Chromesoft. A great interviewing technique sometimes is to ask your guest who's in the know for so many different things, is there anything I should know about that I should ask you about? That should be maybe the last question. But it's tough to do that on a radio TV show, you know? Certainly when you've kept an information individual 20 minutes. I know, right? I should have asked that of Shams, huh? We hung up from him and he broke news? What happened? Yeah, we hung up. And so number two overall pick, Chet Holmgren, was playing in a uh, pro-am the other day with LeBron and a bunch of other uh, NBA stars. Up in Washington State, right? There's a fear that Chet Holmgren has suffered ligament damage in his foot. Come on. Undergoing further options. Exams now show potentially torn ligaments in his foot. Timetable being determined based on further evaluation. Is that the dreaded Liz Frank? We've seen Liz Frank uh, shut down NFL players recently. Matt Corral. Travis Etienne last year, Matt Corral this year for whole, the whole year. So let's hope not, man, because Chet balled out in summer league and he looked really, really good. And that, you know, that Thunder team's young and exciting. So this would be a major bummer. Oh, my yeah. goodness gracious. Oh, my word. Well, if that happens... Does the Oklahoma City Thunder begin to tank again? Like right before the game is even play this year? And how many times can you keep hitting the reset button? Well, Philly did it how many years, TJ? Hmm. Too many? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a bummer. Like, he's such a fun young player. We saw what he could be at Summer League. You know, the spark was there. It's like the potential's there. Well, I, whatever. Man. In our conversation with Shams, he was saying that based on his knowledge and reporting of the meeting in Los Angeles between Mets Brass and Nets Brass and Durant and Rich Kleiman, that uh, everybody left kind of feeling energized. Everything is all out there on the table. And I, I don't know if Durant was sitting there thinking he wanted out and anybody who's uh, an all-star asks out, they usually get their wish and you can't even refer to him as an all-star. Durant. He's more than that. No, he's like he's like a worldwide superstar, is sec- what he is. Second or third best player in the game right now. And he he asked out. And he didn't get out. Because the win for management. The Nets right? well, the Nets are like, sure, you can go seek a trade. We'll just make the Ask requirements the best, though, yeah. so high that We'll just we we can't do it because we don't think we don't think uh, you're 
you're we, we think so highly of you that we 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 don't want to give you away for cheap. Jalen Brown, Derek White, and the number one overall pick in the Nets mind was cheap. And so what's Durant gonna say? You're you're asking prices too high for me? And I guess their answer would be we covet you so much, Kevin, that we can't take anything less than this. Is that why he wanted Marks out? I mean, there's so much, you know, blank space. There's so many blank spaces to fill in. It just, as I said, if you want something in a negotiation, you think you deserve it. You think others have gotten it when you when it's been asked of others in the business. Not maybe you specifically as management, but when somebody has a certain value and is widely believed industry-wide to be the best, if not one of the best, and that person doesn't get what they want, and it's presented them, well, here's the fait accompli. You either come back or you start, you hold your, out your services, and we don't want that. Clearly, we think this is the best chance for you to win. You're the best chance for us to win. Let's get together. Let's combine forces again. That it's presented as a fait accompli, like you're not going anywhere. We covet you that much. Even though you could say covet you that much, it doesn't It doesn't sink in. They're, they're, I, I, I just know. I've been in these positions before. There's a certain resentment. Now, when you start going through your business and start doing your job that you do love so much, you forget about it. But when the going gets tough and it happens again, where you feel like whatever promises you were given, assurances you were given aren't met, that's the thing I'm going to keep an eye out for this year, man. With him and the Nets. And if Kyrie decides to show up to work. Well, he's got, I mean, I don't know, he's got to do anything anymore. We I have no we don't idea. know what's going to happen. I mean, they, what they still, a weird you know, team, man. They have this potentially great big three. They've never played together. We have no idea what it's going to look like. That's right. We have no idea what it's going to look like. Right? Zero. Zero. Is Ben Simmons going to be what we think he might, could be? Like before it kind of all went south in Philadelphia? Like, I have no idea. And I must send out an apology. Not that he'll care or maybe even hear it, but we've mentioned a couple times here on the show as fact that Ben Simmons left a text chat yeah. Amongst Man, the entire Nets true. team uh, <laughs> prior to game four against the Celtics saying, hey, we need you tonight. And he left the chat conversation. Shams called that 100% false. Yeah. Four Pinocchios. That uh, been, and we that mentioned that around here as fact. And he would know. Well, he would know. He would know. He's got everything, you know, every Brooklyn story he breaks. So he's got connections there, obviously. I wanted that to be true. <laughs> it just would have been funny. <laughs> So there's all of that. What a fun show today. For those uh, who missed it, we had Arthur Smith on an hour one. He's already locked in. He didn't really give us much on what's going on <laughs> nah, with the he season. Was mid-season he's form, locked man. in, man. I, I think he loves Mariota, and I think he's going to. I think the offense will be better than people think. Drake London, I asked him if he'll be ready for week one. He said he didn't have a. He, he said uh, he couldn't predict the future. I told him, you should just tell me you don't have a crystal ball. 
He told me to ask Vrabel if he has a crystal ball, that Vrabel loves making predictions. Well, I have a feeling that? he's leading me down a, a path there. That crazy draft photo, you know, from Vrabel's house, there could have easily been a picture, uh, a crystal ball in the could have background been. of that picture. Could have been. You know? um, also, the director, Michael Mann of Heat, and now the author of the bestseller Heat 2, said he wants to make that into a movie as well. And told some great backstories of the movie Heat. If you missed it, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Same with Devin McCourty of the Patriots, who we just hung up from. And also Shams. And in case you missed it, Joey Chestnut will be in Wrigley Field tonight and has agreed to use a hot dog as a straw rather than just trying to eat 75 of them in a short period of time. (laughs) Yes. The greatest hot dog eater. The most famous hot dog eater on planet Earth. Most famous eater, period. Says he will, in fact, make a hole through a hot dog, use it as a beer straw, and send out the video tagging us. Thank God. We call that a win. (laughs) Fly the W in Wrigley Field tonight. We're back on the Rich Eisen Show on the radio tomorrow. If you're at Wrigley tonight, too, by the way, and you see Joey Chestnut, just start filming. Just take your phone out. Just do the thing. Just get video of him. He said he's engaged Say again is up. what he said. Do you think it's the same person or a different individual? I did hear that again in there. Sounded like a different person. I mean, he kind of laughed a little said negativity it. there. Oh, you think so? Yeah. It was kind of like, again. Jay Felly, you've done a lot of weird things in real life. Have you ever been engaged? Uh, I thought so once. I woke up uh, next to someone and we had rings on. Our last calls had been to some chapels. Uh they didn't answer, luckily. Who, the chapel didn't answer? Chapel didn't answer, so we were Was that in Las Vegas, Nevada? It was in Tahoe. Okay. <laughs> answer your question. Very good. <laughs> A lot of beer straws that night. Yep. Hot dog beer straw. Hashtag it. Oh, baby. That is tonight. So you'll be on the lookout for that, right, TJ? No. What do you mean, no? The Mets are off tonight. I know. So I got to take a day off myself. And last night was these last couple of days were stressful baseball. I know that you know, Mets lead over the Braves down to two. Oh, Sarah's very happy. <laughs> very, very down to two. Was she rooting for the Yankees actually the last couple of nights for the first time in a long time? Yeah, and yeah. I, something happened in the game where I was just like, "Please get a hit here or something." And it was it might have been for Alonzo, and she's like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "I don't want the Yankees to win ever." Yep. I mean, with all due respect to your team. <laughs> and I respect you, sir. Like, I respect you. Like I root you. for two teams, the I Red res- Sox and who's ever playing the Yankees. I respect Some you on that you front. Cross, I, like, I respect you on that front, and, and that sort of spite will help keep you warm in October as you watch other people play baseball. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm already looking at the 2023 schedule that's out. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Who's going to be your starting pitcher in we, uh, uh, first week? No idea. Uh, hopefully, is, is it's, Dever, hopefully it's Nick Pavetta. Is Devers going to be paid or not? I... I mean, honestly, I have no idea. Nick Pavetta, I that's who you so. want to be your opening day starter next He's year? our best pitcher right now. Guy's a, guy's a horse. Oh, he turned it around because Coop and I dropped him a few weeks oh, ago. Oh, he's been great. Yeah, he's been great. I don't know. It's going to be great, though. Uh, Aaron Judge's return to Yankee Stadium is June 9th. Oh, you said, was that when the San Francisco Giants are in? Uh, that's when the Red Sox play, though. Play the Yankees. Yeah, right. That, 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 that will happen when a spot... Very warm spot freezes over. You keep on warming your heart by that fire, sir. I saw people tweeting at the Giants like, Judges return to Yankee Stadium. Got it. Got it. 48 and counting for 99. Is he going to get 61, you think? I don't know. 
It's been a rough go lately. He's only one off but pace they've got, right now, right? They've got four against the A's and then three against the yeah. uh, the Artie Morenos. So we'll see. But he still has a week left in August, and he's uh, he's got like the third or fourth most home oh, runs boy. ever before, oh, before the end of August. Well, that'll wrap it up for this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We greatly appreciate it. We'll see you right back here on our YouTube stream on Thursday. Once again, once, uh, once uh, again, we're on YouTube until the Roku channel and this show begins to stream together on in September and we will be free on all Roku devices, Samsung smart TV, fire TV. You can download the Roku app and uh, on the mobile device, the Roku channel is free there and the same thing at the Roku channel.com. We will chat with you on Thursday.